This economic report is sponsored by Rick Kelb, Wealth Management Advisor with Northwestern Mutual since 1983 on Spring Street, Nevada City at rickkelb.com. Welcome back to KVMR, Gary. Um, I think today we're going to talk about inflation, and it seems that everyone is discussing that since the April inflation statistics came out recently. Tell us about it. Oh, thank you, Paul. Yes, inflation has certainly been in the news as the economy rebounds from the short but severe COVID-19 recession in 2020. You know, and we've got a strong recovery, it looks like, going now that's being driven by vaccinations, reopening the economy, and support from monetary policy, low interest rates, and fiscal policy, the economic relief spending. Um, And now you've added in, you know, additional potential fiscal policy spending for infrastructure, and you're looking at a federal budget deficit proposal by President Biden of about $6 trillion. So, you know, these, this additional spending has caused some analysts and economists to be concerned that the added spending could cause the economy to overheat and create inflationary pressure that would drive up the overall level of prices or, or inflation. Uh, Gary, Congress has given the Federal Reserve two goals for monetary policy. And uh, now how close is the Fed to reaching its goals? And those goals are full employment and low and stable inflation, I guess around 2% a year. How are things looking? Well, the Fed is, I think the Fed is likely to want to continue helping the economy, at least for a short while, because it hasn't met either goal yet, um, at least consistently. You know, the, and the Fed certainly will be closely monitoring the economy for signs of overheating and inflation and evaluating policy uh, at when they meet later on this month. Um, but, you know, clearly we're not at full employment yet. The unemployment rate in April was 6.1%. You know, that's well above the 4% policymakers uh, think would be full employment in the long run. And we still have over 8 million people unemployed from the pre-COVID peak. Um, so there's lots of room for improvement in the labor markets, you know. And, you know, you know in terms of inflation, we've had a, a now a, a month or two of above average inflation. But that's, you know, I think not enough for, to convince the Fed to make a monetary policy change just yet. Um, but, you know... We, we're, you know, the last April figures were above the Fed's 2% goal. Um, and, you know, that's that's important. So, you know, I think many policymakers, including and many economists, expect the inflation rate to rise above the Fed's 2% goal, at least temporarily, as the economy recovers rapidly in 2021. Um, you know, and that, that, you know, faster GDP growth and falling unemployment rates, you know, is something that folks, you know, could could worry about, you know, starting to drive up the inflation numbers. Gary, can you explain how economists describe what inflation is in today's economy? Why is the inflation rate important? What is inflation? Well, the inflation uh, measure that economists use are basically designed to measure the cost of a basket of goods, lots of goods that consumers purchase over time, like, say, a year. And it's based on surveys of thousands of uh, prices of items in the economy, you know, goods and services. And so that the surveys used to track or those surveys are used to track how the overall price level is behaving or overall prices of goods consumers buy rising. Are they flat? Are they falling? And, and that's important to us. You know, if the price level is rising at 1% a year, as in some recent years, or 2% a year, the Fed's average goal today, or or at 4% like in April over the year, or, you know, or 12% like in the late 1970s inflation, you know, that, that makes a big difference. And, you know, 
you know, inflation is important because it reduces your purchasing power. So, you know, for example, if you had a, a 10% inflation in a year, it means it would mean that with the same amount of income or, or money you would your spending would only buy about you know 10% less of goods and services on average. So, you know, it is important in terms of your purchasing power. Uh, so what measures of inflation do economists uh, like yourself regularly follow or monitor? And do they move together or are there large differences in these inflation measures? Well, there are several commonly used measures of overall inflation for the U.S. economy that economists look at, and you'll hear about it in the news all the time. Uh, you know, two important ones are the Consumer Price Index, or CPI, published by the Bureau of Labor Statistics and the Personal Consumption Expenditure Price Index, or PCE, calculated by the Bureau of Economic Analysis. Now, the CPI you hear about in the media, many, many cost of living indexes, Social Security, for example, are tied to CPI. Um, the PCE price index is the one I tend to follow a little more closely because it's the measure targeted by the Federal Reserve when it sets its 2% uh, inflation uh, goal or target. And um, but yes, yes, Paul. Back to your, your part. Other part of the question is: they, these two measures do follow very similar trends over time. Yeah, not maybe not exactly, but very similar. So, how much above the Fed's two percent range inflation goal were the year-over-year inflation rates in April? Well, in April, you know, both of these indexes, you know, jumped. Uh, you know, March and April, both of these indexes jumped about. Uh, to about double the Fed's 2% rate. So both were around in the close to 4% range. Um, so the question for the Federal Reserve is, as policymakers, is this a permanent upward shift in inflation that would cause the Fed to need to change monetary policy, um, for example, raise interest rates, or is it a temporary change that's just related to major changes in the economy and the data caused by the disruptions of the COVID recession? So I think at this point, most most of the Fed policymakers and many economists think the recent increase is temporary, you know, related to the very rapid rebound right now in the economy. You know, some technical issues may be related to the extreme movements in the data over the past year and seasonal factors and adjustments. Um, and there's also the economists are expecting the economy will return to a slower, more normal rate of growth probably by around, you know, by 2023. Well, Gary, uh, bringing this home, I, I uh, <laughs> bought some lumber the other day, and it cost almost double of what it did a year ago. Now, is that inflation? Or if not, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> well, remember, the price of lumber is only one of many prices included in the basket of goods that the inflation rates measure. I think the CPI actually keeps track of and surveys something like 80,000 items and prices um, and use, uses hundreds of them when it, you know, is cal actually calculating the index figures um, every month. Um, so, you know, I, the inflation rate that economists are interested in is the overall increase in the price level. So some prices are going up, some might be going down, uh, some aren't changing, um, you know, and, it, and then they're calculated again using thousands of different prices weighted by how much of our income or spending uh, uh, is done on each of these different types of services in a, in a time period like a year. Well, how did the April uh, 2021 inflation number compare to inflation, let's say, in the 70s? It was 
pretty high back then, as I understand it. <laughs> well, yeah, Paul, you know, 4% inflation in the April numbers is, you know, far below the late 1970s rate of inflation and in sort of probably the 12 to 15% range. Yeah, you know, still even a temporary jump in, you know, prices is, you know, 4% is a warning. Uh, so, but, you know, remember also put things into perspective, the Fed does have policy tools like raising interest rates and uh, slowing or cutting back their purchases of bonds that will slow the economy and and um, work to lower the inflation rate. And, you know, I think it's clear that the Fed will use those tools if the policy makers start to see evidence that the economy is overheating, you know, growing too fast and, and causing inflation numbers to rise. Gary, uh, one more question. Is there any evidence that you see that suggests that this is a temporary spike in inflation and not a surge in inflation that will be an ongoing problem? Oh, Paul, always the easy questions. Um, yes, I think most of the measures of expected inflation also seem to be relatively well anchored near or around the Fed's 2% average inflation goal. And they have not jumped dramatically with the April increase in, you know, in, in the increase in the April inflation data. Um, you know, and I think that's true both from the financial markets where investors and lenders quickly price in any increases in inflation expectations um, into higher interest rates, um, you know, and especially on those longer term bonds and mortgages. And, you know, there have been some increases there, but nothing like the, uh, you know, basically doubling of the more or more than doubling of the um, inflation numbers that we saw in the in the April statistics. So, you know, this could very well be a one time number. Um, we're also not seeing dramatic increases in inflation expectations coming from the surveys of businesses, consumers or even economists. Um, you know, of course, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be watching all these indicators. And certainly uh, you know, the, the Fed economists and policymakers who are monitoring and analyzing inflation, you know, for their meeting in the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be doing that, I can assure you. Gary, thank you so much for sharing your uh, experience and knowledge with KVMR. Thank you, Paul. Gary Zimmerman is a retired senior economist for the San Francisco Reserve in San Francisco and currently is a visiting professor at the Vienna University of Economics and Business in Austria, where he teaches courses in economics and finance. 